Thanks for joining us for Journey Living with Shannon Meyer. Journey Living is a radio broadcast featuring the Bible teaching of Shannon Meyer, whose passion is to help women walk with God through the trials and challenges of life. Now, here's Shannon. Have you ever been a part of something that is way beyond yourself? Or something you wanted to be a part of, but you felt like it was a long stretch? Something that you would love to do or accomplish, but knowing that whatever you would like to achieve... It was going to take some extra fortitude and direction from something or someone outside of yourself. You know the kind of accomplishments. They yearn deep within your soul. All the while, there's so many other effects in life that are vying for your attention that you're constantly thrown off course or distracted by all the commotion that seems to steer you away from reaching your goal. For some, it may be finally getting healthy. For another, it could be the ending the cycle of debt and get on the road to financial freedom. For another, it could be going all in for Christ. You're tired of living on the fence. You've got one foot in the world and one foot in church, knowing this isn't how he wants you to live for even a second. But you struggle to stay connected with God and living your life 24-7 for the one who matters the most. For someone else, it could be that you really want to make your marriage work. But at the first sign of more turmoil, you decide that you've had enough and you really don't want to live this love-hate relationship with your mate another day of your married lives. What would all of our existence look like if we simply took on the attitude of being all in? Whether that would be to support the work of a ministry, your family, your company, your church, or simply being all in for Christ. This is exactly what I want to talk with you about here today. So let's just start with a really basic question. Are you all in? Have you ever even pondered such a question? Have you even asked God into your life? To Jesus to come in to restore your soul and to surrender your heart to him completely. You got to start there because if you haven't, nothing else will really ever make sense or matter. Sure, you'll be able to make things happen in your own time and will for a season. And yes, possibly you will make a lot of them happen to an extent. But what would our lives look like if we were all in for him? What would our kids' lives look like? Our marriages, our finances, our churches, our mental well-being, our everything. I don't know about you, but when we stop compromising our lives and start living for the one that matters, everything else will fall in place. Remember that Matthew 6, 13 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all of these things will be added unto you. This is a great promise that also means that when you are all in for Jesus and all about doing his will, he's going to bless you and add things to your life that you have only ever wished for. The message version says steeped in your life in God reality, God initiative, God provisions, meaning going deep with God and you will never be sorry. So why don't we go all in? Now, this is not a name it and claim it or manipulative means to get God to do something for us. No, it's a heart check on whether you are truly in your spiritual walk, hot or cold, like we read in Revelation. Are you simply lukewarm? We have to be careful because God says be one way or the other. You cannot be in the middle. 
The Lord has recently challenged me to consider this statement of every area of my life. Yes, even the seemingly non-important ones, or at least that aren't to anyone else, but would make all the difference in the world if I were all in, in my world, which consists of his too. God wants our lives to be a shining light in a dark place. And I believe that when we do live with a sense of whatever we do, we bring glory to God and our lives will be the better for it. So I want to talk with you practically today, not about in generalities, but specifics for your life. Because if we're going to live our lives on purpose and be all in for something, I believe wholeheartedly we have to be intentional. Intentional living takes work. It's not for the lazy or for the weak at heart. It's not for the procrastinator who either always seems to have a reason or an excuse why they don't follow through and why they don't want to accomplish anything at all. The last verse of Proverbs 5 says it pretty plainly. Death is the reward of an undisciplined life. Your foolish decisions trap you in a dead end. I know this is not often the most popular way to live or even makes for a popular topic to teach because no one ever wants to admit they're lazy or undisciplined. But it does speak truth to us. Every one of our lives can show a great advantage when we live with intentionality. God says, live being all in with me and for me. Live with the thought of God being your first over everything else and see if he won't have the life way beyond anything you could ever think or imagine. I know I always go back to the principle of tithing, but there are so many truths to that that it really does make a difference in my life and yours and how things play out. And this concept of being all in is perfectly stated here. Listen to what it says in Malachi. It starts in chapter three, verse 10. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse. That means your church, your local church. So there will be enough food in my temple. Let's just stop right there for a minute. God says, bring it all in. The tithe, that's 10%. You see, God wants us to be all in in our finances too. We bring the 10 and he lets us keep the 90. But I don't think it stops there either. I believe this is for every area of our life. Nothing in our life should be done in partiality. The next part of this chapter is my favorite part and probably a lot of yours as well. If you do, it says the Lord of heaven's army will open up the windows of heaven for you. It says, I will pour out a blessing so great that you won't have enough room to take it in. Wow, is that an awesome promise or what? And not only can we believe this, but we can test God in it and see if this really does apply. He says in the second part of verse 10, try me, put me to the test. Picking back up in verse 11, your crops will be abundant for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's army. Then all the nations will call you blessed. For your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Now, for us, we may not understand about the crops and the grapes or the vine, but in a day and age in which this was written, this was their livelihood. This was their paycheck. Today, it might read something like this. See if I won't keep your washer and dryer from breaking down or from your car from giving out. 
Maybe it would mean that you will get an amazing deal on a purchase that was unheard of before. God is very creative in getting what he wants to you and how he wants to bless you. It can come in many different shapes and sizes. God not only gives, but he protects as well. I know when we bought our last home, we had come across a great little deal that had been sitting in foreclosure in a bankruptcy court for over a year. I can remember the day I saw it and could see beyond the cosmetic deficiencies to realize this could be the house that God had wanted us to have. So after learning that it was going for sale at the sheriff's auction, we quickly realized this could be ours if God had it in his plan for us. Well, long story short, we went to the courthouse and stood in line while other properties were being auctioned. And when it came to our house that we wanted to bid on, it was no longer on the docket that day. Leaving discouraged and dismayed, we thought, well, we'll keep looking and and God will show us what to do next. As time marched on and we stayed where God had us at that moment in time, God orchestrated yet another chain of events that led us back to our little house that we so loved. But this time there was a for sale sign in the yard. I thought, well, so much for the great deal at the sheriff's auction. But who knows? So I called the realtor whose name was on the sign, which just happened to be a good friend of mine and said, hey, what gives on this house? She said the bank owns it now. So let's throw a number out and see if they'll latch on to it. Now, knowing that banks are in the business of making money, it was possibly going to be a long shot for us to get a great deal. But here's the things that, and what I really want to get at today, when you follow God's principles and you go all in, God honors not only his end of the bargain, but yours as well. We had also committed to be faithful tithers, even when we felt there was no way we could give that week. We decided to go in with God and take him at his word. So with that being said, we knew God would honor our giving like he said he would. So we jumped through all the hoops we had to at the banks and bantered back and forth for the best deal. When it came time for our closing, the loan officer said, in 30 years of doing this, I have never seen a bank come back as much as they have and given into your request. We walked away with an unbelievable deal. And who knows if that house would have been on the docket for the original day at the share of sales, we may have had to pay a whole lot more. But here's what I want you to know. This very event solidifies that we can take God at his word. He does give us more than what we ever can think and imagine. He does protect us from the devourers and he does turn things out for our good. As we closed our house deal that day, the loan officer again said, I've never seen anything like this. I said, we have a lot of favor. And she said, you must. I had to chuckle deep inside when I thought to myself, lady, you have no idea where our favor comes from. Here's the point. We decided to go all in with God where tithing is concerned. And when we did, he gave us more than we could ever have hoped or imagined. But I also believe he continues not only to give us blessings of financial gain, but of spiritual and mental and physical advances. Remember the second part of that verse says, See if I won't throw open the floodgates onto you that you will not even be able to contain it. I can remember a time when God brought to mind each area of my home. It was quickly flashing through my mind and its contents because I thought, God, you are so right. Our garage is jam-packed, our basement, our closets, our dresser drawers, even our cupboards. We lacked nothing. 
And I remember God saying in my spirit, see, I have poured so much out on you that you can't even contain it. And that was absolutely true. It still is to this day. We have an abundance of everything. Not that we spend or shop excessively, but that God has given us so many gifts, we can't even contain them, possibly even count them. And this is all for one simple part of our life, the material part. What about the spiritual part, which is so much more important? Listen to Colossians 1, starting in verse 27, it says, This mystery has been kept in the dark for a long time, but now it's out in the open. God wanted everyone, not just Jews, to know this rich and glorious secret inside and out. Regardless of their religious standing, the mystery in a nutshell is this. Christ is in you. So therefore, you can look forward to sharing God's glory. It's that simple. And then there's verse 29. That's the substance of our message. We preached Christ, warning people not to add to the message. We teach in a spirit of propaganda. We teach in a spirit of profound common sense that we can bring each person to maturity. To be mature is to be basic, Christ. No more, no less. And here it is. That's what I'm working so hard at day after day, year after year, doing my best with the energy God so generously gives me. Well, The writer here is telling us that Christ is all in. He is it, period. No more, no less. In a few verses earlier in Colossians 27, it says, we look at his son and see God's original purpose in everything created. For everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible, rank after rank after angels, everything, everything got started in him and finds its purpose in him. Friends, we have to realize that Jesus has been all in from the very beginning. He's been for us even before the beginning of time. So what if we lived for him like he lives for us? What would the church look like? The world would be flooding our sanctuaries to meet this man called Jesus. They couldn't help but ask of how to find this life that is so rewarding and full of love and goodness. One of the greatest examples of what this looks like in the real world is when Christ calls us to be the salt and light of the world. Jesus used the concept of these two elements to be exactly what we're talking about here today. He says, make a difference. Be all in. Be what I've called you to be. Be the change that people want to see. Be salt and light. Well, we all know that salt is known for two properties, one for enhancing and one for preserving. Believers in Christ are the preservation to the world. We are to be hope in Christ that others are so desperately looking for. Our lives should look different. Our life should point the way to Christ just as a lighthouse does for a boat in distress out on the seas. Secondly, our lives are for enhancing the lives of those around us. Our life should represent a much needed flavor enhancer so that many are searching for. How many people in the last year have asked you, what is it that makes you so different? What is it that I can't quite put my finger on, but I want what you have? Have you ever had anybody even ask you that question? Funny thing is, I have recently. I go to an acupuncturist named Master Chin. And it was after a very stressful time in my life. And I go about quarterly a year. I had asked him to just release the stress from my body. It does quite a bit of healing for me. 
And it's here as I lay on the table and he started to do what he does. He's like, what do you have there? And he motioned to my chest area, my abdomen. He goes, whatever is there is very good. He speaks very broken English. And in his Chinese accent, he said, my patients need what you have. I was taken back a bit. And he's like, what have you been doing? I said, nothing, Master Chin. He's like, yes, my patients need what you have. I said, I walk three miles a day and take chaga. He goes, my patients must have what you have. And as I lay there for 45 minutes, it was stirred within me. Master Chin, this is not a production. I can't reproduce this. This is the Holy Spirit. And as he came back in to check on me after the needles had done their job, he asked, I want what you have. All I said, it must be the Holy Spirit. It's my prayer and my relationship with Christ. And he says, oh, prayer is very good. It was a true story in my own life where someone saw something in me that I cannot make tangible sense of. I cannot market it in a bottle nor hand it to someone. All that I can do is be that someone. Does your life represent someone who is all in for Christ? Does it make people stop and take notice? They would ask you, what is different about you? They know that something is not the norm, but in a good way. I really want you to take a minute today and think about the areas of your life that you are fully committed to. And then ask these simple questions. Is what I am all in for important to God? Now, let's just take for instance, and I'm not beating up on anybody here. So when I use an example, don't get offended. Let's take your all in on your golf game or your extra activities. Golf is not bad in any way. We all know that. But what about the time and effort that you spend on perfecting your skills? Is that where God wants you spending your time focused on? Maybe it's not the golf. Maybe it's the money. Or maybe it's the relationships. Are you all in for your work while ignoring your family's needs? How about being all in for your marriage? Or are you more focused on your friends and their needs? Where do you find that you're all in? on any given day? Is it on Facebook? Do you spend more hours checking on everyone else's status than you do spending time with God or on his status? Are you more up to date on current events than you are on your children's current state of well-being? A great challenge this week would be for you to ask God, where are your priorities? Ask him to reveal truth. It's sometimes harder to swallow than you may think but it's a great exercise. Ask him where more attention needs to be given and where more attention needs to be less of. You get the picture. The hardest part of this activity will, you will have to muster is to have the courage to ask God such a question because you and I both know that when we do, God is going to answer and more times than not, it might just not be the question or answer you want to hear. But God says, trust me. Trust me wholeheartedly, because when we trust God, we have the full assurance that he will take care of every need in our lives. The word trust means to have reliance on the integrity, strength, ability, and surety of a person or a thing. You and I both know we can put our trust in many things in this world, but no one will ever be more reliable than Jesus. So again, I have to ask, 
What would our lives look like if we were all in with him? You know the saying, don't put all your eggs in one basket. And that is a great rule of thumb for living when it comes to the world. But when it comes to God, putting everything in your basket and handing it off to him, well, there's no greater way to live. So as we close today, I want to leave you with some food for thought. Where has God been nudging you? Where have you felt the tug on your heart to come closer to him, to spend more time with him, to go work for him, to just simply sell out and do like Abraham, lead wherever he follows? Another thought could be that the Western culture has a misconception that if we do it all right, pray it all right, and serve it all right, then God will miraculously make our life all right. Well, when we go all in, this does not guarantee a life of ease. I'm sorry. Although we often think this should be our result and our reward. But this comes from a twisted thought from the enemy that if we serve God, he is indebted to make our life work out for the best at all times. What well, does work out for the best, but it's in God's will, not the enemy's or ours. Now, this by no means discounts God's blessing for those who diligently seek him. But his promises are no different than someone who walks an easy life with a very little trouble to the one that has been plagued with a life of tragedy or sickness. God loves us all the same. So as you're thinking through being all in, don't for a moment get sidetracked with your motivation. Our motivation should come for our love for the Lord and simply to please him. God is no respecter of persons, but he does say in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. I also love the New American Standard Version where it says that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. How many of us need our hearts strengthened? How would you like for God to strongly support your heart? I know I would. My heart is easily deceived and often broken, sometimes on a daily basis. But God gives the promise that if you are fully committed to him, he will strengthen and support you. Now, that's what I call a win-win situation. Even in the worst of times, God will be there for us. Remember, friends, courage is not the absence of fear. It's doing something while being afraid. Wouldn't it be great to know that what God will strengthen you is right in the midst of your own turmoil, the midst of your heartache? I know for myself, my life has not stopped coming up with roadblocks and detours. I'm rarely short on disappointments or even weariness. But this is what I've learned, that when you go all in for Christ, he will bring you through things not unscathed or unmarked or even untouched. But he brings you through to a point of strength and wonder that you had no idea you could possess. God says, I will make you into a mighty threshing machine like, like we read about in Isaiah. Something that can chew up mountains and turn our trouble into nothing more than dust in the wind. So today, I have one question for you. Are you ready to go all in for Christ? Have you surrendered every single area of your life? Not just partially, but all of it. Because God does not work in boxes. He wants the whole house. Yes, he will take his time unpacking our baggage, but he wants access to all areas, not just the ones that we give him permission to tackle. 
which I might add are the very ones he probably would like to start with first. If we would take the time to ask God the tough questions and then wait for his responses, allow him to work on our behalf, I believe we would have a lot less turmoil and begin to live in victory and from a standpoint of a victor instead of a victim. Jesus went all in for us when he came to earth and then to the cross on our behalf. At any time, he could have called off the whole thing, but he didn't, and he chose to see his mission through to the very end. What if Jesus wouldn't have gone all in for us? Where would we be today? What would our lives look like? I can tell you this, we'd be in a world of hurt and not looking forward to eternity if he didn't. Wouldn't you consider going all in for Christ? Contemplate your outcome and what it would be if you did. We know that whenever we sell out for Jesus, we will never be sorry. So it's up to you. Are you all in? I sure hope so. Thanks for listening to Journey Living with Shannon Meyer. If you would like to hear this program again or request Shannon as a speaker, visit journeyliving.org. 